That's ridiculous. Those things don't have anything to do with each other. It's not just graffiti, Devon. It has a deeper meaning, a purpose. Okay, I turned around. I'm going to go now. I'm sorry about your missing boyfriend, the boy said to my back. And when I froze, he said, You know this is a small town. I left the alley without saying another word to him. It was my turn to cook dinner. We were having glorified baked potatoes. I fried bacon in a skillet while Dad watched the news with the sound off. I wondered if he'd seen his own press conference yet. I wondered if he thought he'd said the right things. Did you know there are homeless kids in Millicent? I asked as I stood at the stove. What, honey? Homeless kids? Here in town? He turned from the screen. I've never really heard that. I met one today. You... What? A boy, near the courthouse. Now I had his attention. Devin, all right, kids hang around there waiting for their parents' court dates. For their own court dates. I don't think you should believe what some kid at the courthouse told you. And I want you to be careful around there. Maybe you shouldn't spend so much time there anymore. It's next door to your office, I said. And just because you've never heard something doesn't mean it isn't true, Sheriff. All right, my dad said. We get transients, that much is true. Every town does. There are homeless adults traveling through Millicent sometimes, so there are probably homeless kids too. But there's a shelter at the Unitarian Church. They take people like that in. There's nobody just sleeping out on the streets. We would see them. We would take them somewhere. Where? Somewhere safe. I fell silent. The boy didn't seem like a transient to me. I wondered if the sheriff's office took the homeless somewhere not for their own safety, but for the towns, for the purity of Millicent, for the sake of appearances. Dad had cleaned up graffiti from our first day in town, but he had started really attacking the graffiti problem, as he called it, not long after the first boy had died. After the boy had died and there had been no leads no new evidence. No one had come forward, and the months dragged on. My dad needed to do something. He needed a cause. Things go on around here that you don't know about, I said to my dad. Not even you. You don't know everything that happens. He switched off the TV. Devin, is there something you want to tell me? I couldn't look at him. It's just, are you sure you're doing the right thing? Now he was coming into the kitchen. Now he was hugging me. Devin, we're doing everything we can, he said. We're looking for him. We're looking for Richard. But that wasn't what I meant. I meant all of it. Our being here the deaths that began with our arrival, the covering up of all the paintings, as the boy had called them. There had been graffiti, ancient and faded, on bridges in town, even on rocks and old trees, especially near the abandoned mine that people said had been around for decades. It wasn't hurting anybody. Was it our right to erase it? It was easy. You could see results right away, and it was satisfying. I knew that from the times I'd helped on the anti-graffiti patrols. 
watching the paint strokes fade, watching the concrete return to its gray sameness, scraping the old stickers away. It was also, I was beginning to realize, like putting fresh shutters on a house whose windows were all broken, slapping a bandage on a gaping wound that needed stitches, many stitches, maybe surgery. Millicent continued to bleed. We ate late. It was dark by the time we'd cleaned up the kitchen, but after the dishes were done, Dad took a work light into the backyard. He also took a paint tray, a roller, and a bucket of flat gray paint. As I watched him from the kitchen, as he pried open the paint lid and stirred the paint, I realized it had become a ritual for him, this erasing, this covering up. I saw his lips moving as he muttered to himself. Kneeling there, my dad almost looked like he was praying.